Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Great to be in the house of the Lord this wonderful fall Sunday morning. Aren't you excited about getting to sleep an extra hour next week? I don't know who really ever does it. I still get up at the same time. It's just like that that inward clock or whatever it is. But listen, give you a little more time to get ready for church. Give you a little more time to go pick somebody up. Invite somebody, come on, invite them out. They get an extra hour of sleep. They're like, Sunday's my sleeping day. This Sunday, you get an extra hour, so you can come to church, right? So make sure you're always inviting people to come to church. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. God's always moving and working in our lives. We want a lot of people to come to Jesus, amen? So we're his hands and feet, so let's get out and do the work of the Lord. Excited about today? Uh, you saw the announcements, some of the announcements on the Tree TV. You can go online and, and look and listen to the different announcements and stuff we have there. I don't want to spend a lot of time going over anything in review because we have a special service today. The fifth Sunday of the month, we designate uh, Encounter Sunday. This is about four of them throughout the year, I guess. And so it's a time that all we know to do is create an environment for you to go to a little further, a little deeper in God. Uh, we can't force anybody. We certainly wouldn't want anybody to feel uncomfortable, but we can create an environment for you, if you choose, to just press in a little bit more. God's a, a responder. And so it's important for us to get out of our routines and not just come and do what we always do. So we create that for you. Today is that day. We've shortened a few things on the front end to spend some more time back in worship on the back end of the service and have an opportunity to connect in a number of different ways. Let me tell you a little bit what that looks like so when we get to that point, we can enter in. So we have some crosses here in the sanctuary. You see one here and one at the back. I already have sticky notes. Anytime we have a service, if you'll just write a, a request and non, write it anonymously if you want, nail it to the cross. It's just symbolically uh, recognizing that Jesus came and paid the price for all that in our lives. Amen? And so we're leaving that with him. We're casting our care, our burden upon him. And so we pray over those, just so you know, those sticky notes, we pray over those every Tuesday in our staff prayer time. And so we, we, we look forward to doing that and lifting that up. So this morning, you perhaps would take some time to go and just something that you've been trusting God for, needing a breakthrough in your life, anonymously, leave it there. We've been in a series called Unbroken, and we know that the, the world that we live in is broken, and our lives can find brokenness at times, but God create created a way for us to live unbroken in a broken world, and it's through the work of the cross, amen? And so maybe it's, it's something that we would do and leave that on the cross. <clears throat> we have communion stations in here. You'll see one up front, one behind the sound booth, and one here in the back. And we believe in communion, taking the Lord's Supper is what the Bible says. We talked about that in, the, in our series. It is a representation of what Jesus did for us. He not only died for our sin, so we can have salvation and new life through him, forgiveness of sin, but he, but he took upon him stripes and his body was bruised and broken so we could have a covenant of healing and wholeness. And I want you really to understand that we didn't only receive salvation because of the cross, we received healing and wholeness, a covenant with God. So when we take communion, we're reminded of his broken body. The scripture says that bread represents his bruised, broken body, and by his stripes, we're healed. So we're looking at covenant things, we're looking at things that we're reminded of the the healing uh, God that we serve, amen? And then we have an opportunity for hands to be laid on. The Bible's very clear, we'll talk about that in a moment, that it says that believers can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. And so we're gonna have our pastors, elders, and prayer team up here uh, in our service so you can come and have hands laid on you. Agree with you for anything. Um, Our focus has been last week and this week on healing. We believe God is a healer, amen? Aren't you glad God still heals today? He is a healer, he works today, he heals signs, wonders, and miracles, amen. 
God still works today. Last week, we spent a lot of time looking at that in the scripture. I want to encourage you to go back and look at those scriptures again. Write those down and speak them over your body. Get them down on the inside of you. But that's what we believe, and that's what Encounter is all about. We come to a point in our service where I encourage you to go a little deeper. Come up, have some hands laid on you for anything in life. Uh, find, find time as a family to take and receive communion. Just at your seat up here, wherever you feel comfortable doing that. Um, and then you can also leave your requests there on the cross. Again, just cast your care upon him. So we believe God is a good and faithful God. Amen. So get your Bible out this morning. I want to share just a few more things before we get into our encounter time. And you can turn to James 5. Now, we're, we uh, took uh, the end of the series, we was primarily focusing on relationships, broken relationships, and how God's created a way um, that they can become unbroken through the work of Jesus Christ, or the word that we use is covenant. We have a covenant with God through the shed blood of Jesus that enables you and I, if we follow out those covenant principles, to live unbroken in those areas of our life. The same is to be true in our bodies. He has a design for us to have unbroken bodies, if you will, because the same cross that paid for our sin paid for our healing and wholeness, amen? And so we're gonna, we looked at that last week and, and then today, and so I just wanna look at a, another couple of passages, but understand that the idea, or the principle of healing, rather, is misunderstood a lot, and especially in churches. There's a lot of different beliefs about it. We believe here at Tree Life that God is a healer, and he hasn't closed up shop. He does healing today, signs, wonders, and miracles. We also believe he doesn't put bad things on you to teach you a lesson or to punish you or anything of that sort. That's not his character and nature. And so, but I do know that there's some challenges in the area of believing about healing because of our own past experiences. And we probably all have experiences, whether they be personal or in our immediate family or people that we know that had been believing one thing and something else happened. And I gotta tell you, as a pastor, I, I pray for people almost every day, different things, and I've seen God heal people, and I've seen people uh, go on to be with the Lord, where I've done shortly thereafter praying for them, I've done their, their home going. And so even in my own life, personally, I just wanna let you know that I walk out the same scripture that you do, that um, many of you know this already, but it was uh, 20 years ago that my dad had a massive heart attack uh, after a Wednesday night service, where he laid hands on 20 people. The Spirit of the Lord told him to lay hands on the sick, he did. Many of those people got instantaneous miracles, many it was a process, when he finished praying, he went to an associate pastor, took him to the emergency room here in New Braunfels, and he was unconscious by the time he got there, and he graduated to heaven. I remember going in that room and praying for him to come back to life. We see that in the scripture, right? Resurrection power. I said all the scriptures that I knew about it. I reminded him of all, reminded God of all the passages from Lazarus and Jairus' daughter. I even grabbed my dad by the hand and spoke, you'll live and not die. I tried to do everything I could to focus my faith where I, where I believed that he would come back to life, and he stayed in heaven, which... If he would have come back to life, he probably would have grounded me because he was living good up there, right? What are you doing? I was, it was all, all things were great up there. <clears throat> and so I, I asked some questions. I had some questions and I said, God, I just, I don't understand this. But here's what I did understand, that God's still God no matter what the experience is here on the planet. And I trust him at his word and it says he loves and he heals and so he does and that experience hasn't, hasn't um, made me not believe God's healing power. I still pray, I pray for people, lay hands on people every single day and believe God for miracles despite what my experience spoke to me, amen? Because there's things that we just don't understand we trust God in. The other half of that, just in my family life, again, I shared this before, but several weeks ago, my sister, uh, her and her husband, pastor in Austin, had a, had a massive stroke. I mean, a massive stroke. The doctors all said, and my stepdad's a doctor, said that it is a miracle that it didn't just totally either take her life or leave her unproductive. And the, the way she had that stroke, where it came from, where the clock came from, and where it uh, attached itself to her brain, should have been just so devastating. But she just got a report yesterday, went for a test oh, earlier this week, and had an amazing result. And God has just wholly cleared that whole thing up and just miraculously changed everything around in her body, amazingly. 
just an amazing story. Um, just, in fact, that day when it happened, in just a few hours, God had totally dissolved that clot, turned everything around. So we saw that. And so, you know, there's a lot of questions based on our experiences, but we can't base our faith or belief in God on our experiences. Amen? It has to be based on his word. And his word changes not, and his word doesn't fail, and that's what we base life upon. So look at James 5 for me, a different passage typically than we listen to about healing, but I think a very powerful one. Here's what it says, is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. So if you got trouble, hey, listen, don't run from God, run to God, make sure you pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. We're going to do that today. Aren't you glad you belong to a church that believes in doing what the Bible says to do? And the Bible says if you're sick, come have hands laid on you. Let the elders, pastors, prayer team up here pray for you. Now understand that it says anoint with oil, that you can request that, or that's up to you. But listen, the oil doesn't heal anybody. It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit's power. Something that that helps us release our faith. It it doesn't heal you any, any more than getting water baptized, the water saves you. It doesn't do that. And so it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit's power. But we see that in the scripture too, and that's also uh, available to you. So we'll, we'll experience that today. Uh, and it goes on to say this, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Now look in this, it kind of changes a little bit. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? healed. It's a different word than used earlier. We're talking about a physical healing when you're coming and having hands laid upon you. And this one talks about somebody praying with you and it talks about a healing. It's confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Speaks to an inner healing. It's a different word than used to the outer healing. So God wants to heal you outwardly and inwardly. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? So we believe that God's a healer. He'll heal you physically and he'll heal you emotionally or in your soul. And so it goes on to say the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so we're gonna do that today in our encounter time. Create a moment, that's all we know to do. Create a moment to do what the word says to do and give you a chance to dig a little deeper into your relationship with God and trust him and step out in faith. And so uh, when we see this passage, we see some things in here and what we primarily see, I wanna submit to you is that God still heals. I want you to know God still heals. Hebrews 13.8 says this, Jesus Christ is the what? Come on, say it like you believe it. Jesus Christ is the same. He's not changed. He's not changed his mind. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He still heals. It's what he does. It's who he is. But why does it happen all the time? Then why doesn't it happen all the time, Pastor? If that's true. Because if that was me, I'd I'd go immediately to the hospitals and empty them out. I'd go to the rehab places. I mean, name it. I'd go to these places. And I'd, I'd go to the children's hospital and empty it out of all the sick children. Listen, I don't understand that, that that's not me, but listen, Isaiah 55, eight says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. So it's not up to me. And I have a way that I think it should be done, but listen, we're trusting God, the creator of the universe, amen? The God of the impossible, trusting him. And so we gotta learn to trust him with what we don't understand or what we don't know. And this is the point where your Christian journey, in your Christian journey, that you're gonna have to say, okay, then I'll wait for my answer, I'll wait. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts, your ways higher than my ways, I don't understand, but I'm going to trust you. And I'm okay with showing up in in heaven and having a couple questions for for God. I I got some questions, and showing up in heaven and asking him, but until then, that's okay. I'm going to trust him for everything. I heard a pastor say this one time, uh, here's his theory, one day we'll show up in heaven and the first sound, sound we'll hear will be different than what we think. We think we'll be in heaven, all of a sudden, hallelujah chorus, hallelujah, all the angels, right? The door is open, these lights come out. He, said, he says this, I believe it to be true. He says, you'll scan in heaven one day, when you get there, the first sound you'll hear is like, oh. 
<laughs> God, okay, yeah, all right. Because all of a sudden, everything's gonna be revealed to us. The scripture says in 1 John, everything will be revealed, it will become clear, implying that while we're on the earth, it's very unclear. But we have to be okay with what's unclear here on the earth, that's faith. That's we trust God to do what he says he will do, amen? We trust him, we take him at his word. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't understand, I would do it differently, but I trust you. One day it will be clear to me, and I have to trust him while it's unclear to me here on the earth. The question is, are you gonna be okay with it until it becomes clear? And that's why it's called faith. It's a walk of faith, it's a walk of faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. We fight the good fight of faith, and sometimes you have to fight for your faith. And the Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith, the same measure of faith, so we have to grow it, we have have to exercise it, we have to operate in it, and simply the word faith really is trust. You have to grow your, increase your trust for God by getting in his word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. The more you're in the word, the more your faith will grow, the more you'll trust him with what you don't know. Because what you do know then will become dominant, not what you don't know. And what you do know is that he's a healer. What you do know is he provided a covenant of health and wholeness for you. Now you don't know what else is going on and you gotta leave the secret things up to God. But listen, you build a faith and a relationship with him that you trust him with what you don't understand. Again, Isaiah 55, eight, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, his ways are not our ways. And we celebrate healings and miracles, but it doesn't always work out that way for everyone. And the book of Hebrews is a really interesting book, chapter 11, concerning faith. In fact, we call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. You can turn there, Hebrews 11, we'll go there. The Hall of Fame of Faith, and it's that because it starts listing the heroes of the Bible, Noah, Moses, Abraham, David. It starts talking about these great men and women of faith and the things that they experienced, but it celebrates their faith and other people that we may not be so familiar with and, and alluding to other believers and followers of Jesus and the faith that they walked in. But it's interesting when you get to the end of the chapter. Let's take a look at the end of the chapter and you find out that not everyone, not everyone received their answer. Hebrews 11, 39 through 40, New Living Translation. All these people earned a reputation because of their faith. They were good people of faith. They were people that walked in faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us. I don't understand, I'm a person of faith, God, I understand what's going on, come on, it's my dad, he's a man of faith, 49, too early. Not everyone received that promise here, but listen, 100% of people in heaven are healed. Come on, 100% of people in heaven are healed. 100% of people are healed in heaven are healed outwardly and inwardly, no more sadness, no more sorrow, right? That's the ultimate experience of healing and wholeness. And it says God had something better in mind. We don't know what that is, but we trust God anyways. We trust God anyways for that. Even though we're people of faith, we don't always get the answer that we had hoped for or wanted, but we trust God with that. We have to understand when it comes to healing, we believe God for it, but we trust him when it doesn't work out the way that we think it should. And let me say this, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Because listen, I had someone tell me one time, I had a group of families meet with me and talk about this faith message and you're preaching faith and all that. I'm like, absolutely. That's, if you don't agree with faith, how are you saved? <laughs> right? The whole basis of our salvation is faith. But they're like, if you're getting people's hopes up and they don't receive what they're praying and believing God for, then they're gonna be mad at God or they're gonna turn away from God. And I said, well, I don't know that to be that true. I have to walk it out myself, but I would rather believe God is a good and faithful God and a God that heals than he's not. That's the kind of God I wanna serve. What do I have to lose? If I have sickness in my body, what do I have to lose? 
I choose to believe God's word. I have nothing to lose because one day either I'll receive it here on earth or in heaven. God is a faithful God. Isaiah 55, 7, New Living, uh, 55, 1, I'm sorry, actually 57, 1, New Living Translation. Good people pass away. The godly often die before their time, but no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. His ways are higher than our ways. We don't understand it, but we have to trust him with what we don't know. And listen, having said that, I know, and a message on healing can, can be hurtful. Like I said, my dad was 49, that's 20 years ago. Can I say I think about it now because I'll be 49 in a week. One week from today and I think about that. The closer I get to that age and 49 when he had a heart attack and went home. But listen, here's what I know. No matter here on earth or in heaven, God is faithful and he's a healer. I'm gonna trust him with what I don't know. And people leave this planet before we think it's their time but we're gonna trust God. He sees a bigger picture than what we see. And faith says, I don't understand it, but I'm gonna trust you anyways. So listen, I have no problem laying hands on people, even though my dad passed away and didn't come back to life. I have no problems believing God for the miracles. I have no problems. I've prayed for people that have been healed. I've prayed for people I've done their funeral a week later. But listen, I'm choosing to believe God's word above every experience in life, that he is who he says he is, and he'll do the things he says he'll do. And faith, faith says, I'm gonna trust him with what I don't understand. That's what I'm asking you today, trust him with what you don't understand. Don't base your belief in God on your experiences. We leave that up to him. And let today be a now moment, a new moment for you. Whatever it's been up to this point in time, experiences in your own life and body or your loved ones, let today be a new moment for you. Be willing to trust him today with what you don't understand. When we get to heaven one day, we'll all go, oh, okay, I get it now. So if you put yourself, let me say this, if you put yourself in the place of God, you'll drive yourself crazy. You'll drive yourself crazy. Listen, it's true that God still heals today or he heals in heaven. Listen, we pray and believe for healing today. We pray and believe for healing today. Listen, look at this scripture, 2 Timothy 4.18. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever, amen. The Lord will rescue me or the Lord will bring me. So the question is, what is it gonna be, Lord? Are you gonna rescue me or are you gonna bring me? What are you gonna do, God? Are you rescuing me or are you bringing me? And the answer to that is yes. Yes. Okay, because that's who God is. Yes, that's what we need to know, yes. So what do we do? So we still pray for people. We don't stand in front of them and say, I think he's gonna, I don't think he's gonna rescue you. I think he's gonna bring you to heaven. You're not gonna, so uh, next, <laughs> right? We don't do that. We the hands on everybody and expect that miracle for God to move and work in their life because he's a miracle working God. He's the God of the impossible and Jesus paid the price for your healing, not just your salvation, but your healing, amen? So the answer to that question is yes, trust him. I love how it ends, to him be the glory forever and ever, amen. We have to understand that. So we trust him with our salvation, our eternity. Let's trust him today with our physical healing. Whatever your experience has been in the past, my hope today and what I'm asking of you is to believe God in this moment, in this moment today. I know that, again, this brings a lot of hurts to some people because of experiences, but just get to that point. You can trust God for this moment today. Again, we have nothing to lose, but let's understand something. God is most concerned with the greatest miracle of all, and that is our soul. God is concerned with our body, but understand he's concerned with our soul because our bodies are not who we are. Our bodies are what we live in. Uh, Life on earth is but a vapor. The scripture says it's a mist. 
but eternity is forever. My life is, is not my body, it's just what I have, it's what you see. What you see, the Bible says, turns back to dust, but my spirit goes to heaven. Look what Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, do not be afraid of, of the physical things that happen in life. Be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body. What he's saying is, listen, let's not be so earthly focused, we miss the heavenly focus. That the biggest miracle of all is for salvation because 100% of people in heaven are healed and whole. 100%, but there's only one way to heaven, and that's through his son, Jesus. Salvation gets you to heaven. So let's make sure that we make sure that the greatest miracle that we celebrate and look at is our salvation in heaven. But let's walk out our covenant here on the earth and trust God for our earthly miracles. But the greatest miracle of all is heaven. It's interesting when you look at the passage of scripture where the disciples, Jesus empowered them. He gave them his authority. He gave them his name, much as he's done us through the covenant. And he sent them out to do the works that Jesus did. And they came back celebrating. Man, demons respond in your name. We cast them out. They leave. We, we've, we've laid hands. We've seen people healed in the name of Jesus. That's a covenant thing. And listen, he, they come back excited and, and want to celebrate with Jesus. And he gets excited with them. But he doesn't miss the moment to make sure they know what the most important thing is. Look what he says in Luke 10, 20. Here's what he says. Is, is, he says this, however, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you. Do not rejoice so much that you, you saw miracles and people were, were, were free from uh, p- demonic possession. They were healed. Don't just rejoice in that. But rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Praise God that my name is written in heaven. And if I receive my healing here, I'm going to believe for it. I'm going to trust God for it. But if not, I'm going to be in heaven one day, healed and whole, 100% inside and outside. The greatest miracle of all, let's not lose sight of. Let's believe God for all the things that that he said that are ours. But listen, let's make sure that we know that our home is in heaven and one day our ultimate victory is there. But we're gonna lay hands on today on people and believe for miracles, signs, and wonders here. But let's not miss what Jesus is trying to convey. The greatest miracle is, is that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So what do we do? We still pray for miracles. We pray for people to get healed every day. We're trusting God. We've seen them. We have people sitting in this room that have been healed miraculously. I've had a miraculous healing in, in, in my body before. That only can be explained by God's intervention. We believe that. We're going to do that. I'm trusting God for miracles. And I want to give you one more thing. This is on my heart this morning. As I was here, 8 o'clock and the worship band was up here. Sometimes we look at faith. Faith is not a destination. It's a journey. So wherever you are, you're on a journey of your faith. None of us have arrived with completely that we could say we have a a whole complete faith. That'll be in heaven one day. But listen, we're on a journey here on this earth and I wanna encourage you in the journey for a moment. I don't know what your experiences have been, but you're somewhere on that journey. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward in faith. Take another faith step today. Take another faith step. So when we go back to James 5, let's read that again because all of a sudden it changes. It talks about healing, outward healing, talks about inner healing. Is anyone of you in trouble? Pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. If anyone among you sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the power offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed inwardly. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And all of a sudden, it changes a little bit. It goes into this story. Elijah was a human being even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. 
Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So he's a human, just like you and I, and he prayed that it would not rain for three and a half years, and it did not rain. And then now, all of a sudden, without going through the story, and really, you need to go back to the Old Testament, to 1 Kings, to find out what this story's about. But Elijah then is there, and he's praying for the rain to come. Three and a half years of drought. There's an encounter with people that didn't believe God and kind of this thing, and God showed himself strong on behalf of God's people. And then Elijah goes and prays for there to be rain. And he stands on Mount Carmel, kneels down and prays and asks God for there to be rain. And then he looks at his servant and he says, I hear the sound like an abundance of rain. What is he saying? He says, I don't see or hear anything right now, but I know rain is coming. What is that? I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God, because God has said that there's going to be rain. I'm trusting God for rain. And then he sends his servant to the top of the mountain. My wife and I, when we were in Israel, we stood in that exact same place. We looked out over the valley here, and over here we saw the Mediterranean Sea, where the servant would go and look out over the sea, and he came back, and he told Elijah, I don't see any clouds yet. And Elijah said, that's okay, they're coming. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Go look again. So the servant goes and looks again, comes back. I don't see anything. He goes and looks again. You know what he's doing? He is extending his faith. He's on a faith journey. He's not quitting. He's not giving up. He's not praying every time. Lord, pray for rain. Go look now. Lord, I pray for rain. Go look now. But he says, it's coming. I hear the abundance of rain. My faith says it's coming. And the servant went seven times to the mountain. On the seventh time, he came back and said, I don't see any rain, but I see a cloud off in the distance. It's the size of a man's hand. And Elijah looks and says, that, and he, but the servant's like, that, that, that cloud can't produce any rain. It's just a little cloud out there. Uh, Elijah goes immediately to King Ahab and says, King Ahab, you better get in your chariot and get to your city because it's fixing to pour right now. All of a sudden, that cloud comes and it pours. What was he doing? He was staying steady in his journey of faith. He was waiting for the manifestation. I hear the sound. I know it's mine. I know healing's mine. I know it's for me. And he kept sending him. He goes, let's go get the manifestation. Let's go get the manifestation because God's a faithful God. And it came and his faith was built by that. I don't know what your journey looks like. Take the next step. Take the next step. Don't quit. Don't give up. Hold on to what's yours through the covenant of Jesus Christ. Hold on to the will of God that says, I will and desire that you be healed and whole. And you just take the next step. Today, take the next step. That's all we're asking. Just take the next step. Take him at his word. Whatever your experience has been, don't let it determine your faith. Let the word of God determine your faith today. And just be willing to take the next step. Because sometimes faith is a journey. It's not the final destination. Let's trust God with what we don't understand. But let's take the next step this morning. That's all we're asking. And so in just a moment, we're going to give that opportunity. We're going to do what the Bible says to do. We've already saw the scripture here that says you can come before the elders, pastors, prayer team. They'll lay hands on you. They'll anoint you with oil if you want. It also says this in Mark 16, 17 through 18. It says that believers can do that because of the covenant we have with Jesus because we've been given his authority through the covenant. We've been given his name, which is above every name. These signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. We're going to talk about that next couple weeks. They'll pick up snakes and with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They'll place their hands on sick people, and they will get what? Well, that's what the Bible says. We're just going to do what the Bible says to do. God's obligated to his word. That's all we're doing today, creating a moment for you to take the next step in your faith journey, no matter what past experiences have been, just take the next step and take him at his word. And let's see what the Bible says. Let's lay hands. If you want hands laid on you, we're going to encourage you in just a few moments to come up for that. If you want to sit in your seats and just rejoice with the Lord and celebrate as the worship team leads us in worship, you can be healed right where you're at in your seat. If you want, you can go to the crosses and you can anonymously put those things there, symbolically saying, I'm casting this on you. You defeated this at the cross. You bore this at the cross. This is not mine. This is yours. And nail it and leave it there, if you will.
You can go to the communion tables. As a family, I'd encourage you families, go and find a place, find back at your seats and do that. Take communion. When you partake of the broken body, thank God for the healing power that Jesus' broken body purchased for you. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins in the cup. I'm just asking you just to take the next step. That's all. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. It's not their journey. It's your journey. Just take the next step. So in just a few moments, we're going to do that. But before that, the very first thing we need to do, the greatest miracle of all, is for someone coming to the knowledge of Christ. The Bible is very clear. It's the greatest miracle of all. Before we go any farther into an encounter time, we need to give people an opportunity to respond to Jesus, to receive the greatest miracle of all. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you cannot remember a moment in time that you gave Jesus your heart, your life, that you entered into that covenant of not just of forgiveness, but of healing and wholeness, that you cannot remember a moment in time you've invited him in, today is your day. So on the chance there's even one here that would join the several from first service that would say, Pastor, I need to invite Jesus into my heart and my life. I wanna make sure that I have a covenant relationship with him. I'm not gonna have you stand, not gonna have you come up front. But if that's you, in just a moment, I'm gonna pray a prayer of commitment. If that's you, and you would say, first thing I need to do is receive the greatest miracle of all, and that is a relationship with Jesus. Would you include me in that commitment prayer? Let me see your hand this morning. Thank you for that hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Who else? Thank you for that hand in the back. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Who else? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Proud of you. Who else? And maybe you're here and you're this morning you'd say, you know what, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, but it seems like he's a million miles away. Let me encourage you, he'll never leave you or forsake you. But sometimes we need to make a course adjustment. We'd say rededicate, recommit. If that's you, and you know you need to make that course adjustment, get back on track with the things of God, and you would say, Pastor, could you include me in that prayer? Let me see your hand as well as morning. Let me see those hands. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Hands all over. Hands all over. All right, everyone, put your hands down. Put your, look your heads up for just for a moment. Lift your heads up for a moment. As I said, going to pray a commitment prayer. I'm not going to have anybody stand, come up front, but I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer, whether you raise your hand or not. The power in it is attaching your heart to it. So we're going to pray this prayer together. Repeat it after me. Mean it from the bottom of your heart. God sees your heart and does what only he can do. Change and transform you from the inside out. So together, let's pray. Let's pray this from the bottom of our heart and let's let the God of miracles come and do the greatest miracle in some lives and come and bring that, that restoration in others. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your son. Sent to the earth to die on a cross to pay for my sin, to go to a grave and rise again in victory. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying. Thank you for paying for my sin. Thank you for rising again so I can be free. So Jesus, I ask you now, come into my heart, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Be my Savior and Lord now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God's a good and faithful God. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.